problem I have with today's society, right? And 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 brother, you're starting to touch a raw spot. So look, I'm rolling up my sleeves. That's how heated I am right now. <laughs>
Uh, it's not a joke. I actually started, I went to the wrestling room for practice, right? Only because this guy I knew uh, was trying to date my girlfriend at the time and I wanted to beat him up. And so in my head, I was like, I can go to wrestling, beat him up and we'll get in trouble, right? It's funny, he never showed up. And the coach was like, you're, now you're a wrestler. Like, you got to stay. And, it, and so I started doing it. And, you know, over time, it got a little bit better, got up a little bit better. And then my senior year, I remember, or rather my junior year of high school, I remember I went to the state championship and I was not supposed to be there. And mentally, I remember thinking like, man, I'm not good enough to be here. Cause I didn't, I didn't really come from a good school. And uh, I had one districts, one regionals. But again, imposter syndrome was real, even at that young of an age. I kept thinking like I won by accident, right? And so anyway, junior year, I go to States and, and uh, don't even place at States. And I remember telling my coach that summer, like, I want to win this. Because my coach used to always say, if we're going to a tournament, we might as well win it. Like, what's the point of going to a tournament unless you're going to win? So let's win. So uh, the next year I ended up becoming a state champion and it was like this crazy thing. Cause again, I never really expected it. I always thought like, even in the newspapers, I was the dark horse um, and no one really saw it coming. And after that, I was like, Oh my God, maybe I could wrestle. And so I had already signed uh, for the air force to play football. And then I switched what I wanted to do and decided to go and, and wrestle at uh, Central Michigan University, and uh, an opening experience. But that's actually how I got into wrestling, man. It was crazy. Beautiful. And, yeah, the, the, the wrestling in the United States and football, it's something huge. It's something that can can give you a scholarship to, to go to university if you are good enough. But it's not for everyone. And tell me or give me an example for, for yeah. the ones uh, – to understand, how do you see the mindset of a fighter uh, in the business? Yeah, so here's the biggest, uh, uh, here's the thing, right? As an entrepreneur, you're going to have a lot of ups and downs, right? There's going to be times where as an entrepreneur, you decide to have an on online product and you're like, man, I have this course that I think everyone's going to love and you launch it and then literally no one buys it. And then you have to like go to bed at night knowing that you suck, right? Like it's a loss and it's hurts and it's, it's unfortunate. And you're sitting there thinking like, how can I recover from this? Okay. Same thing as a fighter. You put on all this work, right? And you, you have your fight and you lose and you have to reconcile that, right? Now, a great fighter will take ownership of that loss, meaning, you know, he or she will go, I lost because I didn't do the right things. I ducked when I should have dodged. I should have put more training in here. They were just better than me, but I'll be better soon, right? They have a growth mindset. An entrepreneur, same thing. A great entrepreneur will go, that product didn't work. And here's what I'm going to do next time. Lift going, right? They have learned the optimism, meaning over time, they have tried enough things to know that maybe even if they fail, it can be better, right? And again, with that growth mindset, it allows them go maybe i'm not good at this yet but i will be soon so again there's so many different correlations between entrepreneurship and, and fighting and jiu-jitsu and wrestling and the biggest thing to me is is that that fighter's mindset i call it for entrepreneurs it's being able to take a punch to the face and still get up and come back a lot of entrepreneurs think they have it right 
But until they really experience it and they start to question themselves, that's when it gets, uh, gets a little like dodgy and that's when they call me, right? So for example, let's say you decide, okay, you wanted to start this podcast. I can almost guarantee you before you started this podcast, you started questioning yourself, right? Man, who's going to listen to this? Can I have, even be a good podcast host, right? Am I right? You are so right. Completely, completely. Exactly, right? Completely so that, right. That, that, that questioning of yourself is a lack of confidence. A fighter experiences it too, right? They're exactly. getting ready for a fight and they're questioning, man, can I win? They'll never tell you this, but I'm telling you from my experience as a fighter, every fight that I had, I doubted myself every single time. I don't care who you are, right? So again, there's so many correlations I can talk all day about, but again, knowing that and then knowing the tools and how you can get through it and still persevere, still still execute at a high level, then you know you can ultimately be successful in both. And you were talking about tools. Which tools? Oh boy, there's tons. So one of my favorite that I talk to entrepreneurs about um, is about getting rid of self-doubt. So there's a thing called the inner critic I talk about a lot, okay? So what is the inner critic? So the inner critic um, can be on the light side and, and also be super hard, right, on us. So I'll give you an example. Like, have you ever been, um, like, taking a shower, for example, doing something that, you know, takes no effort, and then all of a sudden you'll remember this stupid conversation you had and you said something dumb. And you're like, why in the world did I seriously say that? Like, oh my God, right? So that's your inner critic telling you like, hey dude, like you're an idiot. <laughs> um, on the dark side though, and, and more serious tone, your inner critic is the one that tells you you're not good. No, your inner critic is the one that tells you like to start a podcast, you're not good enough to start your business, you're not good enough to win a fight, you're not good enough, okay? So one of the biggest tools I talk about is being able to Listen enough to your inner critic to make sure that you have the right things to challenges that's coming up because your inner critic doesn't happen for no reason, right? Your inner critic happens to protect you, right? And here's how. So when you're in a critic from being hurt, right? Because if you have hmm. an inner critic that tells you, for example, for you, hey, you shouldn't do a podcast. If you hmm. never did the podcast, you can get your feelings hurt see what i mean so it's trying to protect you but the bad thing is if you never do the podcast you never can see how great you could be you follow me so far so the tool is really simple it's it's a sheet that i created that's called talking um, um cutting your system slack which essentially means all you're doing is taking what the inner critic tells you you're going to write it out then you're going to separate what your inner critic is telling you from the the lies from the truths so lies may tell you, your inner critic may say, you should never start a podcast because if you do, you know, no one's going to listen. You're never going to be good at it. And, uh, you know, you've never done it before. Mm -hmm. So then you're going to separate the truths from the lies. What's the truth? The truth is you've never done a podcast before. But that doesn't mean you're not, you can't, can't be good at it. That doesn't mean that you can't learn to be phenomenal at it and have a great time doing it. So that's all bullshit, right? So then you're going to separate that out. And then you go, all right, I know I can do this. Here are the things that I can do to continue to get better. And then now you just filtered out the bullshit, right? Essentially, you're filtering out all the lies it's telling you. And then now you have something that's true. The truth is you've never done it before. But the truth also is you can be great at it. 
So that's what I mean by tools, right? In the same way, um, tools can mean, for example, how you improve in your field, right? How you improve your expertise. So in jujitsu, for example, you're a purple belt. And again, I don't know how much you talk about it in your podcast, but you should. So uh, congratulations on that. But how you get good in jujitsu is through repetition by doing it time and time again and doing it systematically and through de deliberate practice. Well, you can get better at any skill that way, right? So that's what I mean by tools. Exactly. I love it. I love it. I, I love the idea of the, the, the shit to divide the true of what is our self-doubts like everyone has like i had like i was one year to start the podcast because of, of that inner critic that you were talking about and I, i love the name and exactly like the drills like we said it in jiu-jitsu repetition 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 it's it's that 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 will make not the perfection but the utopia to to become perfect in, in your own way. Uh, let's talk about one sentence mm -hmm. that you have, and, and I love it. Uh, when we have a strong why behind what we are doing, we can make it through just about anything. So first of all, I love the sentence. Mm -hmm. And second, what is your why? So, So that actually comes from uh, Frederick Nietzsche, right? So he talks about that through um, a book called the Gulag Archipelago. So the Gulag Archipelago, right, is like one of the most difficult uh, situations that human history has ever experienced. Um, I mean, people were being locked up for, for being suspected of just talking smack about the government, right? They get locked up and have to be in these uh, Gulag, right, a work camp. And so, and so it comes from there, but it's also talked about in this book called Man's Search for Meaning, which happen, happens to be my favorite book of all time. So Man's Search for Meaning uh, by uh, uh, Viktor Frankl talks about the, the Holocaust and as a, a professional of like psychology, right? He analyzes it from a different perspective. And basically what he talks about in the book is this idea that if you have a strong why, you can get through anyhow, Right by like him for example having this thing in his head the entire time he thought in his head that that i'm going to make it through the holocaust i'm going to make it through these trying times because i want to be able to teach other people about this that was his why right amongst other things right but that was his why and that's how he was able to to, to survive a lot of people that lost their why or had a weak why end up dying right um, there's tons of examples that he gives in the book. So I bring that up and granted, I am like uniquely and, and almost um, unhealthily uh, like obsessed with the idea of suffering, right? I think you, there's a suffering quota that all of us have to, to have and to chime into or it gets taken from us. Like for example, right? If everything is cake in our lives and we don't, again, this is just, this is just an idea I have, right? In my opinion, in my experience, when things are toughest for me, it's when I don't self-induce suffering. Okay. What do I mean by suffering? I mean, seeking challenges. So 
through getting choked out a bunch, right? I mean, uh, you know, running until I can't breathe anymore. I mean, reading a book and trying to implement in my daily life something that really pushes my brain and, and, and makes me think differently, right? Through challenges and through suffering comes greatness, right? Suffering, suffering happens to them. These are the people that go, man, life hard on me. All these things keep coming up, but I don't know why. For me anyway, if you, it's like you were voluntarily going, you know what, let me just, I'll do the suffering myself. And for me, it builds that armor. So when I say something like, again, to, to give credit to uh, uh, Frederick uh, Nietzsche, is, Nietzsche, is that, you know, if you have a strong why, is you need to find that why. What's going to wake you up and have you sustain suffering, right? Like for me, for example, multitude of levels, whether it's my business, whether it's, you know, the reason why, you know, I'm willing to suffer in jujitsu is a couple is my son. So I have a two-year-old son. Um, I didn't have a father growing up, right? I, I did, but he wasn't the picture. He was in prison. And so for me, it's, I want my son to grow up and look back at his dad and say, that's someone I want to look up to, right? You know, he, he made sure he worked his tail off to put food on the table, worked his tail off to give me something that, that I didn't, that I didn't have. And he did all of that while being a great uh, father and a man to me. Like, that's what I, I want to make my son proud. That's my why. So for me, and again, I know you can relate to this, but in jujitsu, that moment when you're out of breath and, and you have to go another round and you could sit on, you could sit it out. Uh, for a round and take a breather, catch a breath. But instead you go, man, fuck that. And you go and die another round. That's, that's whenever I think that I, uh, uh, whenever I think about sitting down, that's what gets me through the day. It's, it's my son looking back at me and going, man, I'm proud of my dad. So that's, that's what I think about that saying. Beautiful, simple and beautiful. Uh, with that, it comes to questions that how uh, not having your father present made you a stronger human being, if you want to talk about that. And for the ones that are, that you don't know your why, how can they discover their, their why? Yeah, so those, those are two great questions. Okay, so how... How did I become a better man without my father? So um, what, how did that make me stronger? So I think the biggest thing was, it was the journey of finding out that I was a great person without him. It was the journey, meaning it took me forever to accept the fact that I didn't have one, right? Growing up, it was tough, man. I didn't wake up one day and go like, ah, I'm good. It was throughout my life, I was constantly seeking uh, approval, right? Through my coaches and all of that. And through that seeking though, what happened was instead of, I think a lot of people look to one person, look to their father, for example, look to their mother, whoever it is for their advice. That's like their go-to person. I got super lucky because I didn't have a father. I went to my mother for advice. I went to my coaches for advice on the same, I have the same problem, right? And I would go to my mom. I go to my wrestling coach, my football coach. I go to a mentor of mine. Um, I go to, you know, one of my friend's dad's. I go to five, six, seven people and get advice from everybody. And I figure out what's like the, the common denominator. And that was what I was like, this is true. This is my truth, right? 
So I think the reason why it made me so strong was just simply exposure. Because of the fact that I did not have my father, I was like, I need to seek out other people. Um, and I think too, the pain of going through it made me resilient towards everything, right? And then finally, just acceptance of the fact that, yeah, I didn't have a dad and, and we didn't develop a relationship. We still don't talk. Um, but it was just, the, just that like, I'm going to be okay. And I'm going to be a, a great fucking dad. Like, look, dude, I'm not perfect uh, as a father, but you can bet your sweet ass every single day. I'm my ass to be a great dad, right? I may not be perfect, but every day I'm trying. And I think a lot of that is because of the fact that I didn't have one, right? Um, now, your second question was, can you remind me your second question again? So it's in the question that if you are lost and you don't know your why, your strong why, how can you discover your strong why in your opinion? Yeah. So I try it out. Try different whys. I mean, look, you can't, I, here's the problem I have with today's society, right? And, and, and brother, you're starting to touch a raw spot. Look, I'm rolling up my sleeves. That's how heated I am right now. <laughs> I'm about to jump in. Getting gravy. Look at this. I'm dead serious. Like, I'm like, I'm, uh, like, I'm, getting, I'm getting hot. I believe you. I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I don't give a shit. Come. This is the thing that I can't stand about today's society in terms of um, the type of people out there giving advice, right? You have your life coaches, et cetera. And look, I'm a mindset coach. I'm, I'm really no different in a lot of ways. But here's the thing I can't stand about it. Everyone thinks your purpose, your why, um, um, your true self, all of these like very big terms are supposed to come to you. No, you're supposed to go get that shit, right? They think that one day they wake up and they go, oh, there it is. Like, you know, my true self, you design that shit, okay? So what do I mean by that? You have to see exposure, all right, meaning try out enough things like perfect example is this if um you stay in one small community and that small community is only made up of carpenters but the only people you know in your life are carpenters well guess what you'll probably end up wanting to be a carpenter because that's what you're supposed to that's all you know the more you seek the more you understand and then all of a sudden your purpose starts to form and by that i mean you did you dictate it right The other thing is you have to understand kind of who you are and be self-aware enough to know, okay, this is what really gets me going. Again, like I've, I've tried different, like before my son, my purpose was different. So I didn't have a son, right? So before it was, you know, it was more about like seeking, to, uh, seeing how far I can push myself without breaking it, right? Like it was kind of like, that was my thing. Like how long can I go without sleep and work my tail off until I break? mainly an experiment. I told you I like suffering, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's whatever it is, but you have to try out different things, you know? So again, just to circle back that if you don't know your why, ask yourself, like, what is going to wake you up and wear that for like a few months, right? So if you think in your head, my why, what's my why? My why could be, you know, um, that I want to serve others and make people feel happy because I didn't feel happy when I was a kid. Okay. Wear that when you can't wake up in the morning, you know, have an alert on your phone that says that. And then if that wakes you up, okay, you're close. Maybe it's not perfect, but you're close. But if you have that as your why and you try to wake up at four o'clock in the morning and you don't get up, 
nah, it's not it, right? Because every single time, brother, I try to wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I can't, I'm like groggy. I'm like, maybe I'm just going to get an extra hour of sleep in. All of a sudden, I'll think of my son and go, man, my, my dad's a bitch. Like, literally, that's what I think. And guess what? I get my ass up. So the thing is, you got to find your why. Your why doesn't come to you, man. Exactly, exactly. Find your why. Like, I think it's a great advice. Seek exposure, just trying new things. And like, yeah, exactly. If it's not strong enough, if it's like a weak why, like you were talking before, you will not get it. It's experiment. It's exactly just trying it's experiment and try yeah and you were talking also uh about failing how failing it's important to you in the process it's like it's key to life man like if you're not failing you're not trying anything and it's boring like like at the end of the day uh one again this is just for me uh, i can't speak for everybody right but i enjoy failure right? Like I have failed way more things that I've won. You know, uh, perfect example is this, like, okay, so uh, again, I'm a D1 wrestler, right? And that's not telling the whole truth. The whole truth would be I'm a former D1 wrestler who was decent. And maybe even like, if you look at my record, I was like 500, right? I bounced around weight classes a lot. It was a weird year for Central and that I would go from like 184 to 97 in the same, in the uh, weight class wise in the same uh, week. And so it was chaotic and, and, you know, honestly, in a lot of ways, my mindset was not ready to do it. Um, but cause I thought I was supposed to red shirt. And then all of a sudden I was starting and I was like, I accidentally won like the, the, I won something um, in the, uh, the team to make me a starter and I didn't mean to win. And then all of a sudden I was a starter. I was like, Oh shit. You know? So anyway, I was like above average. I was above average wrestler. I'm not, I was nothing great. Same thing was a professional fighter, right? I'm not that good. Like my record was two and one. Um, but I, the, the, my biggest accomplishment, in my opinion, in my combative uh, uh, history was that one fight that I lost as a professional fighter. Why? Because uh, if you watch that fight in the first round, he shoots a double leg on me and my ankle got trapped and my ankle subluxed, meaning it popped out and popped back in. Okay. In the first round. Now, my ankle after that, I couldn't stand anymore. And he was a really good wrestler. He kept trying to shoot uh, double legs on me. And I remember I went to the corner um, in the second round. And I looked at my coach and he whispered in my ear. He goes, what's wrong? I was like, my ankle. Like, I, I didn't know it was my ankle. I thought it was my knee at the time. And I was like, my leg's done. And he goes, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm going to try and knock him out with it. The next round, I try to kick him with my bad ankle, right? <laughs> so, so the reason I bring this up, though, is because, and I lost that fight, right? Uh, for a couple of reasons. It wasn't just my leg. Like he, he had an awesome game. Like he just flat out beat me. I came out too hot. Um, there's multiple reasons why I lost, right? It's not just cause of my leg, but I lost that fight. But the, the fact that I lasted, I hurt myself in the first round and I went 15 minutes of war with somebody in pain, suffering, right. And did not quit on myself. That is my best accomplishment. Screw all of my wins combined. That taught me a lot about me because I easily could have been like, you know, coach throwing the towel, like my leg's done. Right. Exactly. So what does failure do? What failure does is it teaches you something. If you open your fucking eyes, right. And your ears, most people, they lose and they make fucking excuses. Like brother, you know, these people, right. Mm -hmm. They, they don't mm -hmm. land a, a sale and, and, and they don't do, uh, they don't land a client in their business and they go, man, the client just wasn't ready because they suck and they don't really want this and da da da. In jiu-jitsu, 
man, I lost, but it's because the ref didn't see, right? Exactly. They don't get better. They just exactly. don't. Exactly. Then you have people like us that take ownership and go, you know what? Again, I just told you. The reason why I lost that fight wasn't because of my leg. It was straight up because I prepared the wrong way. Um, I came out way too hot, got way too tired too fast, and then I didn't have a good uh, – I didn't stick to the game plan, right? The game plan was to st- uh, keep distance, stick jabs, and I did that at first, and then I hurt him with the right hand, and then I got too excited to try to put him out, right? So that was my bad, right? Same thing with business. I don't land a client, right? Like the other day, I had three sales calls. I only closed one, mm-hmm. okay? The other two, they're like, I need to think about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't blame them. I, was, I went back to the drawing board and go, all right, what went wrong in that conversation? Because clearly, I didn't prove to them that I can help them, right? So my point is, fail up right? It's incredibly important to fail. And also too, like if you're failing, you're trying, you're, you're trying something unique. You're trying something new and that shit's exciting. You, like I said earlier in the call, brother, you have to suck first and then you get good. You suck long enough and you get great. It's amazing. You drill enough until you get good. I think uh, you are, you are completely right. You are completely right. But why do you think that, and I'm generalizing and I think that is not right, in a way that uh, we don't like to show our failures and we prefer to show our Lamborghinis? Yeah, yeah great question. Uh, uh, vulnerability, uh, people don't like it. I mean, especially men, right? We're terrible expressing our, our vulnerabilities and what we're not good. And so if you read uh, Brene's Brown, Brene Brown's work on vulnerability, um, she does a great work of, uh, of explaining it and honestly it helped me a lot put to words a lot of things I couldn't. I don't agree with everything uh, she talks about, but she talks, she's an expert in shame and vulnerability. So, you know, I can't, you know, who am I to, to say that, you know, she's not good at something. But I think people don't like that icky feeling of not being good enough. And if I share with someone my vulnerabilities, and, and um, they don't take it the right way or they think I'm not as good, um, you know, that it's not a good feeling. So they'd rather show, hey, I got this, hey, I got that. You know, luckily for me, and, and yeah, maybe I lose some people uh, as a result, but man, like as I've gotten older, especially having a son, like I've, I've gotten to this point of like, look, I'm gonna be me, I swear a lot, I push people, I tell people exactly all every which way I've failed, um, and I'm brutally honest, uh, uh, about my shortcomings. And if you don't fuck with me, you don't fuck with me. I don't care. Right. The only person on this earth that I care about how they perceive me is my son. And that's it. And the beautiful thing is this, when you are, are able and willing to be vulnerable around people and you get, sometimes it doesn't work out. Right. But a lot of the times since I've like taken this, like, I'm going to be me at all times approach and been vulnerable and sharing that's when my business took off right so when people come to me now and they say hey i want sales training they already know what they're gonna get they're gonna get the the loving swearing pushy Raylan, and i don't have to be anybody else and it makes my job easier right so i think the reason why people are just not comfortable just human nature with vulnerability um we're designed to not show vulnerability um, but when we do, man, beautiful things happen. Beautiful. And how do you think that we can work that? How we can start to accept our vulnerabilities? 
I would say see them um, being able to reframe vulnerabilities and see them as, uh, well, two things. One, using the power of yet, which is Carol Dweck's work uh, out of like growth mindset. But, but if you screw up, knowing that it's just the start of something great, right? If you screw something up, knowing that you can fix it and it's okay to mess up, we all mess up. And knowing that, again, if you put in the work, you can change that outcome. And then two, I think if more people were more empathetic and, and also shared their own vulnerabilities, it becomes easier, right? Like, again, if I go, I, I'm lucky I have a great partner, right? And her name's Kayla. Um, and my girlfriend's amazing because if I share with her, you know, hey, listen, like, I really screwed this up, right? I made a joke, hurt your feelings. I didn't mean it. And I, I'm really, I'm really, right? a great partner she goes you know what i get it like i've said stupid stuff before like let's 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 uh let's move on okay now what usually happens though again when i say this i mean i've done this for sure is you double down and go i didn't stop oh, shut up like it's not that big of a deal right i don't take ownership over my shit right i blame it on okay so not like if we really lean into vulnerability and you don't, uh, and you really are empathetic towards other people's vulnerabilities and don't use it against them, people will be more vulnerable. I get why people don't like to be vulnerable because a lot of people, including myself, it's been used against them. Like there's been people in my life that I've been super honest with and being like, hey, I feel really insecure about, you know, this. And, you know, uh, I just want to talk about it and whatever. And then next, you know, weeks, days, months later, it gets brought up against me and you're like what the hell like i was like opening my heart out to you and so that most people they'll go i'm not i'm never doing it again no it's not that you shouldn't be vulnerable it's just be vulnerable with the right people right and pick your tribe right and this is part of the, the course i'm making as well right it's about picking your corner so as a fighter if you have shit coaches you probably won't be that great as a fighter so that's why you have to pick the right people in your corner right who's around you and that's like key. I love it. You have a, a, a sentence in your Instagram that I love it because I think we can do a connection with that. You don't need to be everything to everyone. Just give your everything to a select few. We will call it our tribe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. First of all, how friendship is important to you and the second question, how you can check if you are with the right tribe? Yeah, great question. So friendships are incredibly important to me. And, and the reason why is my family uh, are my friends. So growing up, like, as you know, I didn't have a father growing up, but also up until like, I think, you know, 16, 17 year old, um, I didn't have a big family. It was just me, my brother, my mom, because my mom's father, and uh, my grandma, my, my Busha and, and Jezha, right? Uh, my grandparents are uh, Polish. And so they were, they were racist. They hated black people, right? And then my uh, father's side, right? We didn't talk, we didn't talk to either. So, so interesting love, I didn't have this big family. So growing up, like I just, like I called all my friends, uh, parents, mom and dad, right? Like I've looked to people I've had, like I've had the same friends since middle school. Right. I called my brothers. Right. Um, you know, one of my best friends, he's uncle, you know, he's you know, my son's uncle. Right. 
So my friendships are super important to me. And again, that's the reason why is also because of vulnerability. Like I opened up to them about like the, what was going through in life and they accepted me. And to me, it was like, that was deeper than, than blood. Right. So to me, anyway, friendships are incredibly important, but um, picking your tribe and, and knowing the right people, I think honestly through experience is important, but I think if I had to just say like one easy thing, um, it would be that if they are willing to ride with you and not hold you back, then they're in your tribe, right? If they're willing to ride with you and not hold you back, meaning like, listen, I'm not saying you, you get rid of a friend of yours that, you know, is smoking weed and sitting on the couch and not working. I'm not saying you can't be friends with them. What I'm saying is you don't share with them all of your, you know, all your wins and you don't share with him maybe, you know, everything you're going on in your life because, you know, he may say some stuff that's like, man, that's not that cool. Like whatever. He won't get it. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to have people that are, they're on the path. Like there's some people that are in my life that, um, you know, or other entrepreneurs that are doing stuff. And man, one of my favorite calls is hitting them up and, and talking business, man, talking about what's going on in their life, celebrating them, not even just about me, but like, you know, like for example, uh, speak, speaking of tribe, so you interviewed someone a little bit ago uh, named Jeff, Jeff Hodge, exactly. right? The, the coach. Okay. So right after this call, I'm going to get coffee with him. Okay. But, so it's important again, because the idea, especially in jujitsu is iron sharp, sharpens iron. So same thing with fighting. I want to be surrounded by the killers. You know, I don't want to be, here's, here's my thought anyway, in my tribe, I better not be the smartest person and I better not be the most successful. Right. If I'm, especially me, if I'm the smartest person in my tribe, there's something wrong. <laughs> like, you know, I need a better tribe. <laughs> so it's seek people that, that do things better than you, you know? And, and being gumble, man, and being gumbling like you are being now, you know, like, I think it's very important. And exactly like, like you say, like iron sharps iron, like, Having somebody, some friends that pull you up and not that pull you down. I think it's very, very important. Uh, and, and now changing a little bit of subject, but going in, in a way, in one another sentence that you used, uh, meditation can take mm-hmm. many forms. What kinds of meditations do you do? Yeah, so, man, you do your research. You're really good at this, brother. <laughs> You're like really good. Uh, so, so the thing I think people get stuck on is that they think meditation is just sitting with your legs crossed and saying, hum, right? So I remember, uh, who I, someone I call my father, uh, used to always say like Raylan, you need to meditate. And I couldn't, like, he gave me every tactic, like put a white paper. He's old school, right? He was a fifth degree black belt in Taekwondo, traveled like the country or traveled the world rather, uh, lived in China for a while. And he was like, he put up a white piece of paper on the wall. And had me stare at it, right? And he was just spoke, and I could never do it, right? And then in other methodologies, like just breathing, like it never worked for me um, because my mind's too busy. And then I figured something out a while ago. If you do uh, an action that requires minimal thinking, that your brain just goes away and you're in the moment, that's meditation. So for me, I do two things for my meditation, or three things for my meditation, right? Uh, jogging, especially on an enclosed track that I don't have to worry about like where I'm going. If I run long enough, my mind goes away and I'm in this flow state. Cause again, I don't have to worry about operating. 
Because after a certain point of running, your legs are doing the work. Like you, you know, your body is just going in motion. There's momentum there and your mm-hmm. mind can just leave, right? The other thing I do is jiu-jitsu. So not drilling, not even rolling, but like that flow rolling where you're rolling for, let's say, 15, 20 minutes. And all of a sudden, like how I experienced it for the first time was, um, so in, I'm part of um, this this club called uh, uh, Like-Minded Jiu-Jitsu. It's, a, it's part of Zenith. Robert Drysdale um, yes, yes, is the, the head coach. And so in order for me to uh, test my blue belt, which is a really cool, first of all, I love the team because I was a, again, collegiate wrestler. I was a professional fighter and they're like, and I've never done gi before. I've only done no gi. So I wanted to do gi and my coach was like, you're a white belt, right? Even though I've done jiu-jitsu in the past and, you know, I've beaten, I've beaten black belts. I've beaten brown belts, right? And he was like, no, like you're a white belt. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Right. So kudos to them. But uh, yeah, so I went and go test my blue belt and you have to roll for an hour. So you do your test. And then you roll for an hour with every single minute, a new guy coming in. And that was the first time I actually experienced meditative jujitsu because an hour of rolling, like you can't be there. You have to let your mind just leave. And because otherwise it's hard because you're worrying about how tired you are, whatever. So anyway, a minute, minute 30 or so, I was just flowing. I wasn't thinking, I was just reacting. And then my mind just kind of went away. It was crazy. So anyway, that's another way. Final way is I shoot uh, a compound bow. And what I find is after doing it for a long period of time, again, my mind way, and it's cool because you can see the physical manifestation of, of getting yourself centered. So when I first start shooting, my arrows are, lo- are all over the place, right? Hmm. And then the more I shoot, they get closer, right? And then all my arrows would be in a tight grouping. So what that means to me anyway, and my skill level is that I'm, I'm dialed in. I'm only thinking about one thing and that's my body the, and the, where the arrow's going. That's it. Mm. And everything else goes away. The work, you know, being a parent, everything else, there's nothing else except for me, this bow and this arrow. Right. And so to me, that's how I meditate. So I said that post simply to say like, don't feel bad if like, you have trouble meditating. Like people do it in other ways. I mean, going through breathing exercise, Wim Hof has an outstanding video on YouTube that's like 10 minutes. That's another great way because all you think about is breathing, right? And I love it. And let's go, you touching a point that I like it. Flow state, how you can describe flow state? Oh. Yeah, so flow state is when your expertise and your challenge matches, okay? So if you had like a little bit of a, a, a graph here, if, you're, if the challenge far exceeds your expertise, you're in chaos mode, okay? Hmm. So picture chaos, chaos out here. If you have, if your challenge, or rather if your expertise far exceeds the challenge, you're bored. Where you wanna be is somewhere perfectly in the middle where the challenge pushes you a little bit, but your expertise can make sure you carry it. Okay, so then that's that that flow state. You know, it's an awesome movie right now. And again, I'm a parent, so that's why I watch all these you know kid shows. There's a movie called Soul on Disney Plus with Jamie Foxx, and it's a beautiful visualization of what being in flow state is or the zone. It's the same thing, right? Um, because again, a piano like he's a is a pianist, and so he's playing, and then all of a sudden the world goes away, and he's just has this aura around him, and he's alone. 
and his thoughts and just he's just playing. That's what being in the zone is. Um, you the thing that people I think uh, don't realize is you can get into it in the professional world. Like if anyone's ever had like a sales call, for example, or a podcast where literally you can't miss your words just feel like they're coming right at one after another. You don't have to think about it. They're just flowing out of you. That's the flow state. Like, and you can't miss, or obviously in sports, you know, you should have basketball. You can't miss or jujitsu. Every move you do works. Okay. Like, uh, the zone can be done in various different methods. It's not just, you know, it's not just sports. So my goal, obviously, and what I'm doing in my company is, can I get you as a sales professional to be in flow state, right? And how I do that again is if the challenge, again, like getting, closing a client or whatever, if that challenge is way too far ahead of your expertise, then I work in your expertise. But again, if your expertise, like you're like, you're like a rockstar salesperson, and it's too easy. I don't want you to be bored, right? So we got to level you up a little bit. So how can I level you up? Give you more challenges. <laughs> so when you work with a client, it's it's not just a process for everyone. It you, you work with each person as, as a, a H one. Like you work with me. Like maybe I'm not a good salesman, so you will work on that on me, and after you will level up. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah. Again, you don't like, uh, again, th think everything like jujitsu, right? If you come to me as a white belt and actually I've been playing around this idea of actually getting a belt system. And then like, if you like, get to a certain level in my business, then I'll give you a, like a blue belt. Cause I think it'd be great. I think it'd be funny. Um, but again, if you come to me and you've never done sales before, right, we're going to start with fundamentals. I'm not going to throw you right into a sales call and you know, whatever, but we will, I break everything down into sections. So we don't do the whole sales call right? Mm -hmm. I just want you to get your intro done, right? I just want you to role play how to build rapport. So we'll role play again and again, how you build rapport. How do you start a conversation out of nowhere? And I'll make my client, for example, go to the grocery store. Well, it's a little hard now with COVID and all that, but go to the grocery store with your mask on, of course, and go, Hey, how you doing? To someone, to a stranger, and then talk to them for two minutes without it being awkward, right? That's the goal. If you can do that with a stranger, you can do that with you know, potential client, et cetera, et cetera. So you build that up. The goal is to get to the point where you can talk to anybody. Okay, check. Next is your intro. So let's role play that intro until you feel like it's you. The, the problem with people have with sales, for example, is that they, they, they're like, I don't want a sales script, right? That, that's robotic. You know, call centers have of call scripts, right? And then they want to freestyle it and they get lost. The trick is this, right? Uh, for jujitsu, again, when you first learn how to do Americana or let's say a Kimura, you have to know the structure of the Kimura. You have to drill that structure until it's automatic. And then you can add your style to it. And then you can put your creative spin. But you have to understand the fundamentals first, right? So the same thing with sales. You have to understand why this works. You have to do it like it's robotic and you do it perfect every time. And then you can add your spin to it. And then you can add your flavor to it. Make a joke, whatever it is. But until then, you got to understand this part, right? I love I love I love love the idea because yeah it's like that in in every selling in in online sales or like physical sales I think it's yeah it's just that first you 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 work on in your fundamentals and after you can put your salt and pepper like you can put a little bit of you but yeah yeah it's exactly like that and uh, you work just with online business or also with the local business. 
Uh, yeah, everything. So um, I have some clients that are, you know, opening an online business or transitioning from brick and mortar to online, um, or they sell like high ticket items or they're coaches themselves, or they have a course themselves. And, you know, just in a few weeks, I'm about to fly out to Colorado to do some in-person training um, as well. So I do a little bit of everything. Love it. The business in general, some tip that you can give them to, to adjust uh, to this current situation or maybe some coach that are that is starting now a new project if you want to share some your advice yeah so the, if you're if you're just starting out as an entrepreneur you have to embrace the suck in wrestling that's what we call it right is embracing the suck you have to understand that as an entrepreneur this is not going to be cake Yes, there's some people that, you know, within a year, they're making money, right? Mm -hmm. There's some people that after five years, they're not making money still, right? Um, Jason, Jason, uh, I always mess up his name, but the, the CEO of Spartan Race, I think it's like 10 years in a row, he was losing millions at doing Spartan Race, right? And then all of a sudden it blew up. It's just one of those things that you have to stay the, stay the course and put your head down. Like, look, man. When I first started my company, seven months, bro, until I figured out what I wanted to do. I kept pivoting. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. It took me seven months to figure out what I know now, right? So for entrepreneurs, it's just all, all I think I can say is just embrace the suck. Know it's going to be hard, but really hone in on why you want to do it. And, and I think it'll get you through anything. In terms of like, you know, people that already have a business now is take time to really think about what's next, right? Like, yeah, maybe you made it through a pandemic and maybe you didn't right? But you don't, once you're an entrepreneur, you don't stop being an entrepreneur. Think about the next thing. If you did it once, you can do it again. That's it. Just put your head down, get the job done. Stop making excuses and go. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's see now. How, how in specific wrestling and MMA influenced uh, your mindset? Um, well, one, it, it proved to me, it, it gave me like optimism or learned optimism. Like I have extreme confidence in anything I go into only because I know I, in, in both MMA and, and in wrestling, you can give me a skill and I'm going to be terrible at it. And over time, I'm going to get good. Like when I first transitioned to MMA from, from wrestling, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a good boxer. Right. But after a long period of time, I started to develop a decent jab and then my right hand got good. And then my left hook got good. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden I, you know, introduced, uh, you know, uh, my right low kick. And then at first it was, you know, it, it sucked honestly. And then all of a sudden it started to get good. So because I've been through the point where I've been terrible at something and I've developed that skill into something that like makes me good, I realized like I can do anything. Right. So I think that mindset of like, I, I can be good at anything that I put my, my time and effort into. That's what set me apart really in business and, and everything else. And in my personal life as well. Like that's why I pick up, I picked up archery. Like when I picked up archery, bro, I was trash, terrible. But again, I stuck with it because I knew if I just put enough time in it, I can be good at it. Yeah. I, I, I love it. It's like you, you found the equation that, works in your life and after you just apply in the different fields in your life how persistence it's important for you 
how be a persistent person it's important and how you can develop that if you are not yeah persistence is, is, is key man i think persistence and and consistency are the two things i think like really set people apart and um i think with persistence people just think to show up and do it but i think it's also showing up every day um the right way right like you can go to jiu-jitsu for example go, go to jiu-jitsu practice and i have a good mindset go every single day and and not really put in your full effort and you're not gonna get a lot out of it you have persistence but you still suck right mm -hmm. so i think that persistence with intention that's a killer mm -hmm. right persistence with the intention of getting great like that's i think that's really what we're looking for um, and what I look for in the clients I work with and I, that I look for in, in, in you know, training partners and, and, and just everything, right, is people who are willing to be persistent, um, but with intention. And I love it. I love it. And, and it makes it. That's your question? Yes, of course. I love it. No, no, no. I love it. I love it. And it's the persistence. And, and for me, I will say, like, knowing your why, like, like, like you were saying, like how important it's knowing the why behind. And let's go a little bit talk about your son. If you can say in a in a sentence, how uh, how having a son changed your life? Uh -oh, how you will bro. say it, that? For after got, to bro. him, to him, <laughs> to him. We oh will. my God! How much uh, how much time he got? Okay, so having it did a few things, right? So there's no way I'm going to answer this in one sentence, but no, okay. um, the first thing was it made me so soft. Like I was, I've always been kind of a softy, but like, no kidding, bro. We were watching uh, up the other day and I cried. Like I'm watching a movie and I just cried. My buddy sent me a video of, of, you know, something, you know, uh, about like fathers uh, on, on Instagram. And I like started tearing up. I'm like, what is happening to me? Right. My son, you know, having a, a tough day and my son came up and, and gave me this big hug and just kid, like for no reason at all, just came and gave me a hug. Um, when he gets dropped off at my house, right. He ran the other day, he ran up to me um, and, and just gave me this giant hug. And literally like, I was like, I'm going to start crying. And so it just, I think it opened up like, it was almost like when the Grinch stole Christmas, you know, he had that, that puny little heart you know, and then all of a sudden it started beating the guy a little bigger. And I think that's what happened to me, man. I think um, that, and then the second thing was it, it gave me um, a boost of energy. Like now it's like, it's like, we call it dad strength. I have a couple of buddies of mine that are also fathers. And we talk about all the time. And we don't mean dad strength in terms of physical. I mean, in the mental, right? Like that he's the reason I started New Vision Leadership. He's the reason why bro like when i started by the way there entrepreneurship isn't like this cute little thing like when i tell you when i was on my when i was starting to before i got my first client when i was starting to build the digital leadership i was broke 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 like bills crazy credit card limits crazy like the worst of the worst in terms of financials the one thing that kept me mentally sharp though was going i can give up and just get a job i knew i can go get a sales job make decent money i know that but then I have to tell my son I gave up. I can't do that. I'm not worried. Like, what, what story is better for my son? Is it to tell him that things got hard and I quit? 
or to tell him that things got hard, I persevered and you can too. So I think that dad strength is really the biggest change. Like I woke up one day and I was like, crap, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a father. Well, I better get to work. Love it. It's like a superpower. The way that you describe it, it's like a superpower. I love 100%. it. And love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And let's say, let's go talk a little bit more about the subject of, of COVID. Uh, some of the lessons that you are taking from this situation. Hey, brother, you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. I'm sorry about that. No okay, what'd you say? So some of the lessons that you are taking from COVID. Some of the lessons I'm taking from COVID. Um, I mean, the biggest lesson for me was um, what I, COVID is where I found my superpower. I know it sounds weird, but I realized something that I thrive during chaos. And for me, again, mindset, I, I think is, and that's why, again, I say I'm a sales mindset coach, right? Sales mindset, because you have to have the right mindset to be a good salesperson, right? Or an entrepreneur. And for me, going into COVID, when things got really bad and I got furloughed from my job, bills are piling up, credit card limits are piling up. I, because I'm crazy, I guess, was like, now the, there's a level, level playing field, right? It was like, to me, I've been through hard stuff, right? You know, as a kid, you know, we were evicted a lot. You know, I lived in a motel, you know, with my mom and, and my brother with, you know, only two beds, you know, for a long period of time. I've experienced being flat broke before. I've experienced only eating, you know, once a day and it was just uh, bread and honey. Some of these people out here, have never experienced pain before. And so I got kind of excited. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, all right, cool. Like this is now, now, now we're even. Now let's see who's gonna go, right? And, and, and I think, so again, I'm, I, I don't recommend my mentality. I don't think it's healthy, <laughs> but, but again, it was like, it, it just really was like kind of exciting a little bit. I was like, all right, again, this is scary. Um, um, I don't like where this is at, but at the same time, like, okay, like as a, business anyway, not talking about the health, all that stuff. But as a business, I was like, I can do this. I can, I can, I can win this game. I completely understand. And after you just, after talk to you a little bit, you just understand with your background. Now I, I understand this game. Now I know what, and for some of us, it's the first time, you know, like, so mm -hmm. I completely, I completely understand your, your way of, of thinking. So like, Now let's play even. What is your definition of success? Oh, shit. Isn't that funny? Like, that's a hard question. Um, my, my definition of success. I'm going to say this. I think it changes over time. But uh, my definition of success is getting to a place where I am both challenged and comfortable challenged and comfortable meaning like every day i'm pushing myself to where i can uh as far as i can go but getting to a place also where financially um i'm in a place where if i want to take my son to disneyland for two weeks i do it that to me when i can do that 
uh, I, I'll feel successful right now. But I think too, success should change every single day. What do you mean by that? I mean that um, success, that bar of success should change depending on where you're at, right? And depending on what you're exposed to. What I was telling earlier, right? Like, you know, if you're surrounded by carpenters, you're going to want to be a carpenter. So like, it's one of those things where, you know, I think maybe a few years ago, I said, you know, if I had a six-figure bit, a six, a six, a six-figure business, I'd be successful. Hmm. Now I'm like, why the hell can I have? Why can't I be a millionaire? Because I've I've met millionaires now. I've met people that have you know six, seven, eight-figure businesses, and I'm like, I'm no different than them. Why can't I do it? So again, I think that bar should change. But um, yeah, I think one thing about success I'll say is this: I think to to say it more clearly is the thing I'm searching for is contentment and I'm doing it through per, like pushing myself and if I can push myself enough to get to the point where I'm like I'm happy where I'm at then that's a goal but that's like perfection I don't think I'll ever get there mm-hmm. and I kind of like it mm-hmm. like the journey the utopia and let's talk about daily habits uh, how important is for your daily habits and if you can advise me one daily habit what it will be Suffer every day. That should be the daily habit. Habit. Every day you should suffer, and that could be physically or mentally. But uh, you should be pushing yourself either way. And if you don't give that uh, that that suffering offering, as I call it offer to offering to the suffer gods hmm. then they'll take it from you so every day beautiful uh legacy what is the legacy that you want to leave behind the only thing i care about when it comes to legacy is i want my son to be proud of me that's it perfect man um uh, Any last advice or tips that you want to share with me and the viewers and the listeners? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just follow me on Instagram, Braylon Leeds. Uh, uh, find me on Clubhouse. Uh, me and a, a group of entrepreneurs are all always on there dropping knowledge so find me on there um any questions you have doesn't matter give me any time get back to you so i can't thank you for having me on here brother i had a great time thank you i will put after the description of, of your instagram in, in the video man it was a pleasure to have you in the podcast man a great day and a great life for you and for your family don't forget to subscribe and follow while in his instagram man a great life for you and Have a great day, okay? Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're the man, brother. Appreciate it.